everyone, this is Sam. Um, I've got Jack here today for your part two of your story. Hello. Hello. This is the induction because uh, some exciting news, you're going to be co-hosting with me as well. So Jamie's going to jump in when he can, but he's got um, a lot of other things going on at the minute. So you've decided that you would yeah. help me when you, when you can, which yeah. is very good of you. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. I've got some exciting guests lined up um, for both of you and Jamie. So Awesome. Yep, welcome aboard. Yeah, <laughs> pleasure. Are you looking forward to telling your part two? Uh, yeah, I'll be, I think I'm more I'm more anxious about this one than what I was for the other one. I think the other one, part one, I, I spent most of kind of last year telling that story yeah. and um, you know, speaking with British Heart Foundation and various sort of newspapers and whatnot. And, mm. Um, I got quite comfortable yeah. with telling that one. Yeah, because you <laughs> told it before you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas this part, um, I don't know, it's a bit more personal. There's, uh, like I said, there's plenty of people that know it. Yeah. Um, I have opened up to quite a few people about it. But um, what I like about you, you got the same, um, same sort of mind frame as me. Whereas you, you, you've had a rough time. Yeah. You, um, you've now come out the other end. Well. As far as hopefully come out the other end, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and you're using your story to inspire others to change their life around, which I which I'm very passionate about, like yeah. you know. So um, I think I think where I was at, you know, I just think I said to you last time, but um, thinking about a point in my life now, um, I spoke about it earlier today, but I'm kind of making adjustments in my life, and um, I think this has been. Um, kind of a turning point for me I think yeah um, and I think it is that's time to really start yeah doing what I'm passionate about well I said to you last time as well if you if you can go through all that crap and then and, and then use it to your advantage now then you didn't go through it for, yeah for nothing yeah you know what I mean and that, I think that's generally generally what life is about if you've been through a rough time and that then inspire others to, to do better for themselves yeah I think what, so that's what it's all about um, it is an incredible, incredible story. I had so much feedback from your first one. Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to that, guys, go and check it out. It's on, it's on Spotify and it's on YouTube. Dare to talk. Uh, Jack's part one. This will be part two. Thank you. Jack, welcome back and and welcome to the team. Yeah. But um, more importantly, right now, the rest of your story. The first part of the story we left you at the bench where you where you decided that well you tell you tell it yeah so I think um, it was 2012 um, I got um, I got to a point where I was um, I mentioned to you earlier but I was fixated on death so um, I had obviously this there was no diagnosis from the hospital but I think I naturally assumed the worst as to what had happened to my dad that I would have inherited it um, and I think um, I felt like a loss of control. I felt like you know I was out of my hands. I was going to drop down dead any minute. Didn't know what to do with myself. Um, so I let myself go. I become a social outcast. I was um, you know I was still at uni. You, you, but like you said before in the first one, you were suffering from a major health anxiety. Yeah, that's correct. Isn't it? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, you know, like I said, I let myself go, I put on a load of weight, um, I wasn't really going out, didn't have many friends, um, and I just found myself in this rut, and I, I figured the only way that I could get back some sort of control on that was to, to end my own life, um, and that was how I ended up at the bench. Mm. Um, but as soon as I got there, um, I just couldn't do it. I found myself... Um, I don't know, thinking about family, thinking about loved ones, and I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it, so that was literally from that point, um, I had to make some changes, and um, I, I set myself some targets, it was literally, I got, made, I got myself home, and I sat at home, and I thought, yeah, I need to sort of set myself some goals, um, and went from there. So that's got, when you I, got into all your running. Yeah, so I got on the old um, the Google machine, and um, I think the first thing I'd done was I googled for like a local like therapist, someone that I can go and talk to. Yeah, and how um, did you find that? 
it was just through Google. Yeah. I googled. Now, how um, did you find the therapy then? Oh, um, would you recommend that to anyone else? Massively. Yeah, I think I think at the time I wasn't prepared to talk to um, anyone close to me because I didn't really want them. I was in, well, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but that was more. You worry as well. I worry. I, I didn't want anyone to sort of take ownership of the fact yeah. that I I wasn't feeling right because I knew it was very much my own yeah. my own thing that I had. That's why personally, and I know what you're saying. You didn't want to talk, and I've been there as well. But that's why I think personally, it's so so important for people to start talking at the beginning before it escalates into all yeah, their feelings yeah. in your head. No, I, I totally know that. Um, yeah, but but it, but it helped me, and uh, you know that they were. Um, they really helped me for a tough time, and um, yeah, no, I, I, I swear by that. I think I think that, that was the right thing to do was to talk about it and talk openly. The more open you can be, the better because yeah. you can get more benefits back from it. But um, but yeah, no. So um, running, running was what I kind of drifted towards. Um, I remember going out for my first run after I piled on a load of weight, and um, I managed a mile, and I ended up with shin splints and. Yeah. He's struggling to breathe, and I was in a right state. And um, but I was fortunate the fact that I had um, I'd all, I'd always had through my um, growing up. I'd always had this real good resilience, which I think I get from kind of my mum's side, like mm. athletes and sports people, and all through my family. Um, my brother's fit as a fiddle, um, and always been into running as well. So I naturally drifted towards that, but. I don't know, in my head I thought no, even though the state that I was in, just from doing like one mile, mm. I thought no, I need to focus on something in the future. So I googled like local runs or like 10Ks or something like that yeah. and in my head I, I thought oh no, I can do six miles, I've done six miles before. Yeah. So I thought well what's one step more than that and half marathons. Mm. So never run that distance before in my life but there happened to be a local one which was the Ipswich Half um, and that wasn't till a little bit later on in the year so I thought yep here we go job's good and I'll have that one yeah. um, so I booked it um, and <laughs> yeah considering I'd only I'd done like one run I'd managed a mile yeah, I was like, about <laughs> jumping in at the deep end yeah, yeah. it was it was jumping in at the deep end but just, I thought just to quickly on that like we all know in, in do- running is good for endorphins mm. did that help with your mental health straight away massively yeah straight yeah. away and so also good. what I think would help is setting goals like yep. your, your marathon I think that's so important I always get me I was watching my girls writing their little goals down this weekend and, yeah. uh, and I think that's important to teach them from a young age so, so important you've got something to aim towards yep you're not got time to be thinking about ending stuff and, and that's, do you know what I mean that's, like, some, that's something I've never lost yeah since that from that, that point yeah I always have something yeah, planned I'm always for the future. That, yeah, I'm always, saying, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that that's that just helps structure everything. Um, and I think routine is if you're planning for, for the future, then you're going to be stuck around. Absolutely, for it, aren't you? do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, but that's interesting that the running helps straight away with you. Yes, yeah, straight so away. I think running personally, you've depressed me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what, this is the, the important message I want, yeah, I want yeah, to sort of get across, right? Yeah. That helped for me. Yeah, I'm no. not saying to everyone. Yeah, whereas get I go to run. the cold water, but I but, there, but then that's another thing. Now we're pals and that. I'm sure I will do a mm. bit of running to support you once in a while. By the people means. you hang around with, and totally. Uh, uh, but yeah, I I just running. I try it. <laughs> and it's not for everyone. No, no yeah, but I'm, I, I'm not I saying do, I yeah. want to like it. I mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> I want to. But no, uh, no. but I will do it with you in yeah. support of you soon. I'll, I'll, you have my word on that. Awesome. So, yeah. Right. So, um, but you were in. You threw your hands into the boxing ring a few times. Yeah. Well, so um, I boxed as a youngster. So my um, my uncles were really good boxers, um, and one of my uncles went into training very quickly once he finished. And he was a really good trainer. So I, I first started boxing from the age of 10. Me and my brother went down. My brother's four years older than me, but we started really young. And um, I really took to it. And I was um, not blowing my own trumpet because I'm very modest when it comes to sort of my boxing and, mm. and what I've done. But um, I did. I, I really took to it. And I think if there was one sport that was my sport, mm. I think anyone that knew me as a boxer from a youngster, they would have said that was me. Yeah. Um, but I, I fell out of love, love with it, as, as youngsters do. They, yeah. they do a period with one thing and then they want to move on to something else. Yeah. And um, rugby was what I fell in love with because that was what I was doing at school. That was what all my mates were doing. Mm. And I got fed up with traveling away to smelly, sweaty old gyms all yeah. the time and getting beat up. That's, so That's what we were saying a bit before this. I think where, where you make mistakes when you're younger, I think everyone's done it. Instead yeah. of focusing too, on one thing, we... We want to do everything. Yes. Younger, don't we? And yeah, we, so yeah. we get so, distracted. So yeah, so I, I always saw that 
you know, because I never really achieved a lot as a rugby player. I loved it, loved the sport of rugby, but yeah. I wasn't great at it. Yeah. I, I played at a half decent level all through school, and and then yeah, just stopped playing once I got to uni. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so sort of 2012, I started the running, and um, my brother had been back down boxing again, and I kind of just fell fell in line and, and yeah. got back into it, and. Um, I was very successful, so I shifted a load of weight off. I got myself probably in the best shape of my life, um, and I jumped back into competing again as an amateur. And um, yeah, over a few years of sort of training and, and competing, I got to two national semi finals as a novice. So, nice. but then once again, I sort of fell out of love with it and wanted to focus on running. So yeah. that, that was what happened. Yeah. But, um, it's just not enough hours in the day. No, <laughs> it's not. No, so. That um, is one of my goals. Is to do go in. I want to do a charity fight boxing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can help me with that. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to do one before COVID. Yeah, but then COVID. Well, there's a good, know. there's a good local scene now. There's a lot yeah. of good boxers around here, mate. There'll be yeah. more than enough I'm people to help. Pure out. athlete as well. Yeah. They, call me, they call me the gladiator. <laughs> no, no one's ever called me that. <laughs> but they should. They should. They should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, getting back to your men, your mental health side of things. Now you were on left on that bench, and you and you. You'd write a letter, hadn't you? No, so that didn't come till later. Right. So the letter was 2017. Um, when I was at the bench, I hadn't done anything. Mm. And I think that was part of the reason why I turned back and went home. Mm. Because I, I hadn't left anything. And I couldn't manage the fact that that would have been a completely unexplained, unanswered thing. Yeah. I was a uni student, doing really well, done well at school the whole world in front of me mm. that would have been a complete unexplained event like it so often is for some and um, yeah so. and would have totally that would have just ruined mm. especially my mum that would have completely destroyed yeah. her um, mm. I couldn't do it I couldn't do it at all so that was that one and yeah like I say I spent the next that was probably two three years getting my head around that and I think once I I started setting these goals and you know I got through back into the box and I had this set as a sense of purpose mm. and I thought here we go this is something I can latch on to the running got you know I've never been a particular I'm not built for this shit do you yeah, know what I mean I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big bloke I'm 6'5 yeah. I'm you know seven fluctuate between sort of 17 18 stone I'm a big bloke so I'm yeah. not built for it mm. but um, I love it and I love the feeling that I get from it and um, I think just sort of flashing back there was something that happened um, that I always always get reminded by when I am running. Um, but that was back at school, and like I said, I, I loved playing rugby at school, um, but I was never one of the best players. I was never a superstar, but um, I was always there. I always trained hard, and I was naturally athletic, um, so I always made the teams and whatnot. But there was one year where I didn't make the sevens team. No, I didn't even fucking like sevens. Mm. It's a faster game. You've got you to run a lot more. But... <laughs> There was something inside me that really got pissed off that I didn't make the seven squad, and mm. I got a little bit of shit for it as well. So stubborn. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there was there was a few people, and they said, "Oh, well, you can't run, Jack. You're not a very good runner." Um, there was in my head something went, yeah. "Fuck I'll you." Show them, actually, yeah. and that day, so if you weren't in the sevens team, you then went into athletics. Yeah. So I just told the P guys, oh, I'm just going to go out and do some running. I'm going to do some running. So there was a route around the college. Um, I don't even know. It might be a mile and a half route. Um, and the cross country was, I think, two laps. Mm. Um, and they were training, the sevens team were training right near a point on the loop. So you'd, they'd see you run past every mm. time. Now, I think I, I ran around about four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was on the fourth time round, the coach actually turned because everyone else was like, Oh, Jack, keep going. Yeah. And the coach turned around and he just went, "Good effort, Jack." And that was it. That was enough. Yeah, that was enough. Bit reward, yeah. That was a bit like, you know, yeah, fuck you. Like, yeah, I me, can do. Yeah, it. Do yeah you know, you're telling yeah. me I can't run. Yeah. Well, actually, and that was that day. I realised actually, I've got that resilience yeah. in me. Yeah, something deep rooted. Yeah. Um, and that's what led into me. Yeah, I'm like that. Someone said to me, "You won't be able to go and see every day for a year." There's, as soon as someone said that, there's no way I wasn't going to. And at the end of it, oh, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, mate, totally. Right. And I think. Um, yeah, and that, that's what carried me through. And I'm, I, you know, I done my first half marathon in 2012, 10 year anniversary this year. Um, Ipswich half, and they were based at Northgate at the time. And um, the last little bit of the 
course you do a loop of the um, athletics track yeah. and um, I had my nan and granddad come up for that as well. That's, so, that's, that's a, the, the new nan and granddad. Yes, so yeah, that yeah. You talked about in the first so, episode. So they came to Ipswich and um, they saw me do the run, um, and I, I struggled. Oh, fuck, that was the first half man. Yeah. I, I really struggled, but yeah. I did it. I got, I got through it, and um, yeah, it's from that point. I sort of done that. Mm. What's next? Yeah, and that is that's where I that's where I always end up. Yeah, yeah. every time I do one. What's next? Yeah, you, um, have, you have to have something set in place as well. Yeah, because when you're at the peak and you've done, you've achieved something, mm -hmm. you've got to be careful. And they say that even about like like with footballers and and um, he, like um, what's his name, Tyson Fury's very yeah. open about his mental health, and he yeah. said when he won the the championship, he, he that was at his ultimate peak. Yeah, the and pinnacle. then after that, it's like oh what now? And then he come downhill very quickly yeah. after that, didn't he? So that's why I think in. in like, oh, like he, you've got he, to have little targets. Little what he achieved was unbelievable. It was literally yeah. the he beat a guy who'd yeah. been unbeaten for so long, yeah. undisputed champion, and he went out to Germany, fought him in Germany, which yeah. was his background, backyard, and absolute perfect performance, and yeah, yeah, completely yeah. outboxed him, and yeah. and all of a sudden, what's next? Yeah, There's nothing he could get up for, you know? Yeah, I think some people's success can also be their downfall. That's a life <laughs> lesson as well, isn't yeah. it? And that's when I've set myself up for, even when I complete little goals, I know it's a little crash yeah. after, and that's why with a big goal, I think it's very important to put things into place. Yes. That. So you've always got to be one step ahead. You do, That's yeah. a good bit of advice. I'm yeah. full of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> back so we've got so you've completed the half marathon what 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 happened there? um so yeah so, so the um obviously where i was at i was in a much better place i was exercising regularly I was doing the boxing i was running stripped a load of weight off yeah. i was in a much better place um and uh finished uni so that was the big one um managed to work my way through that and graduated and then went out into the world of work and um, for about a year I struggled like fuck to actually find anything mm -hmm. which was a nightmare as a, as a similar thing that's sort of found in, yeah, any, any sort of graduates today and it's just really difficult for anyone to pick you up because although you have a degree which is what a lot of places are after um, you know you'll look at your CV and they'll be like well you've got no work experience and I'm like no, I of course I haven't got any fucking work yeah. experience. I've just spent like yeah. fucking years in education. Like yeah. I've got a bit of part-time experience, Needs but that's one to give me a job. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like give me a chance. Yeah. You know, you yeah, might, yeah. might, you know, it might fucking work. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I struggled, and eventually I managed to get employment at um, at Horn College, which was. Um, I'd only been open a couple of years in Ipswich, and um, they gave me a chance uh, for an internship there, working as a, um, a media and performance technician, which wasn't particularly something I'd really done before. I'd done a little bit of school, done a little bit of drama at school. Um, you know, it's just it was an interest, and I needed a job, mm. so I thought it might be interesting. Um, so I did. So I, I, I went all in and worked my ass off for a year and managed to get a permanent position. So I got a contract and I was all set. Mm. I thought, wicked, here we go. So that coupled with all my training, um, my running, I, I was good, like I was in a much better place, yeah. making new friends, going out again, do you know what I mean? It was all good. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that was kind of missing, and I was just sort of getting to that point, was um, I hadn't been in a relationship. So from sort of, 2012 onwards um, I had just totally switched off from the whole dating and meeting anyone I didn't mm. feel like I was in the best place personally yeah. um, so I needed to I think that's the smartest thing you can do I've, yeah I've just done that for the past seven months and I think you you've got to become the best version of yourself for anyone. It, um, if someone picks you when you're the best version of yourself you've got a better chance of it lasting I think yeah Hundred percent. I, I totally agree with that, and I think, um, yeah, that was where I was at. So, um, yeah, I just started, start there, making friends, and they're all they sort of asking, "Why aren't you dating anyone? Why aren't you seeing anyone?" Mm. Under pressure from them, they told me to get on the apps. So yeah. I fucking got on the stupid shitty apps. Yeah. And, 
that went horrendous like the first few times and I just thought I completed Tinder yeah <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you keep swiping eventually it just runs out yeah. it? Um, but yeah no so I went on them shitty dating apps and um, yeah no they, they were they were crap and um, and yeah and eventually I, I managed to um, well I met someone at work so um there's a really, really lovely girl there, and she was very popular. She's quite high up in the place, um, and yeah, and I didn't even realise she liked me. Mm. So it was literally, yeah, it's like the best thing ever. And I think, I think looking back now, I probably, I don't know, I'm probably over exaggerated and, and thought it was more than what it was, but but it's probably due to what I'd been through. Yeah, and um, when I when we connected and I opened up to her and that was the first time I'd really done that since 2012 I I opened up to her and I trusted her Mm. and that was that was always a big thing for me with relationships and I don't really like to get involved with someone if I can't trust them and I can't be totally honest with them because I've got a lot of baggage I've got a lot of emotional baggage do you know what I mean so I want I want to be with someone that's right and um, I did I, I trusted her and um, you know we it was good it was good and um kind of built to a head and um end of 2016 she ended up very suddenly and then moved on very quickly mm. and that hit me like a ton of bricks yeah that really did and um because got, like you said where you've been through all that emotional stuff and that as yeah. well and 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 like I, I, we've, we've spoken in the past and i had a similar situation mm-hmm. you and you you, you because when you've been through crap and then you you find someone you think this is it this is why I went through all that stuff <laughs> like, yeah. and this is and then it doesn't work out you think that's not how the script meant to go what the hell yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah no it was, it was difficult and I just um, even though all the stuff that happened in 2012 was nothing to do with a girl mm. nothing to do with a relationship it it drummed up all those same emotions yeah. and that was sort of deep sinking feelings of just feeling worthless yeah. and then that sort of triggered everything else brought back old habits of because you, emotions are like anchors I mm. think and I think you can even get addicted to, to feelings and so I think sometimes even if you're even if it's depression, if you're used to feeling that way, mm-hmm. you anchor back to it, and, yeah. you, and you, be, you get like, um, what am I trying to say? You get um, so comfortable with that feeling that that's the uh, automatically what you're drawn to. You're you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> mate. Got there eventually. Yeah. Um, Had a lot of caffeine today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. Um, I, oh, yeah, no, I, I tanked and I, I, I struggled like fuck because I, um, I knew where my head was going and I, I so didn't want to go there again. Mm. Um, you know how the journey that I've been on from 2012 to where I was at this point, 2016, was leaps and bounds, and I got myself into a really good place and mm. oh, this is it? This is meant to be? And then nothing. It just felt like I just tanked, yeah. like totally tanked. Um, but the difference between then and 2012 is I didn't feel like I could talk about it mm. um, because I thought people wouldn't understand yeah. because they'd immediately just see that I was struggling with a breakup and they'd see it as that yeah. and they'd just be like oh just fucking get over it Jack you're a good looking lad go and meet someone else yeah. and I, ch- I tried so hard because a lot of my close colleagues picked up on it naturally mm. as they would and um, they tried to come and console me and oh, I so badly wanted to just tell them like they don't understand like yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of tell you this like yeah. this has nothing to do with what's happened mm. this is drummed up stuff that I thought I'd got rid of yeah, and yeah, I hadn't that had just been lying dormant you know yeah um that. so so yeah so I, I begin the 2017 I was not in a good place at all mm. um but like I say I couldn't talk about it so um, I remember the first one of the first things I'd done was um, that was actually from the video that I put out uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I plonked my camera down at home, and um, I had the intention of wanting to talk and sort of talk about what I was feeling, mm. what was going on in here, mm. in my head, and um, trying to I don't know I, I don't know what I thought I could do like maybe watch it back and sort of analyse myself and mm. be like oh you idiot like sort your shit out and maybe that would have inspired me but I put the camera down and um, I, I couldn't talk mm. I just sat there and I was like oh, 
I can't fucking do this. Oh, fuck. Um, so I end up just filming like all these little anxiety ticks and like, you know, like, you know, from 2012, I'd kind of take note of that self-awareness thing and mm. um, understanding your habits and things like that. And they were just lots of little things that I was starting to display at this time um, a lot more often, just dealing with day-to-day life. And mm. I realized I was a lot more anxious and I know I was in a bad place. So yeah, I remember I filmed all that and then it mm. sat on a hard drive and it took me five years before I could actually put it out there because I never knew what I was going to yeah. do with it. Well, I shared that because I was... I relate to it so much. Everyone has their own little ticks. Yeah. When I'm very anxious, if you notice me pull my top away from my chest, mm-hmm. I'm in fight or flight. Or or I, I do a couple of other things where I put a non That's it, sh- back. shoulders yeah, back. Or I'm stretching. Um, if I just ran and stretch, that's because I'm feeling anxious. <laughs> and everyone's got them. Yeah, everyone's yeah, got them. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. It's like um, when I put that video out, I, had, I did get a lot of messages from people going, oh, fucking hell, I've got that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. And people, people do. They, they, you know, it's just how we, how the body copes with that anxiety and mm. the little things that we all have. But um, yeah, so I was in this place where I couldn't talk. I didn't want to open up about it. But what I'd put myself into at this point was um, a hell of a lot of exercise up until this point I mm. lost a load of weight I was in physically I was in a good, in good shape and doing yeah. well um, so you're doing a lot of exercise but you're still struggling mentally but do yeah. you think with exercise because it releases endorphins it helps and it gives you a little boost again and obviously you're still depressed mm-hmm. so you still feel low and everything but without the exercise they're constantly boosting your mental yeah. health you'd have been in a lot darker place yes yeah 100% um, and I think yeah, I think from yeah, I think from sort of the breakup, um, I kind of went off. I stopped exercising. Um, my diet went out the window. Mm. Put on a bit of weight, and then that, that's what led to that video and that day. And then again, that was like kind of from that point. I thought, no, this is what I can do. I can get into the running, and this is what I'm going to do this year. Mm. So I'd already. Um, I'd already pre- pre-planned to do my first marathon that year that was oh, I don't know if I want to no I will I will take this <laughs> one so um, whilst I was in the relationship I'd booked to go to Paris and do the marathon but also to take her with me right and it was also my birthday that week so we were going to have like a week in Paris and I was going to do the marathon my birthday it was going to be a really nice trip but yeah. unfortunately due to her impeccable timing of breakup <laughs> I never actually got a chance to actually ask her to come with me right um, so sort of coming 2017 I sat as like oh sorry I do the fucking marathon but like oh man <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't want to go there because I'm just going to think about her and I don't want to do that yeah. um, but I did I thought fuck it no I'm going I'm to do the marathon and that's what I did so Glad um, it. Oh Christ! Yeah, I had an amazing time. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> positives and negatives. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did my first ever marathon in Paris, and that was like oh, I think it was like twenty-seven degrees the morning of the runs, uh, fucking boiling. And yeah. but I got round. I did it. That first ever marathon, and I was buzzing. Some mixed emotions. But then, yeah, and then I went back to the hotel, and I, I think I got through a couple of bottles of wine, and oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and kind of just passed out in my room, and then uh, I had another day there, just pottering about Paris, and beautiful place, and I, I did have a good trip, but yeah, it's kind of mixed bag, really. Yeah. Um, I had a trip like that once, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into it. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, to 2017, um, yeah, it really was a mad year so I, I planned straight away I was going to do um, a half marathon I was going to run a half marathon every month so 12 half marathons I can do that up, up to this point I think I've done maybe 5 or 6 total over like since my 2012 one um, so I thought no that, I can do that I'll do that every year um, every month and then obviously I had Paris so I thought well that would be good training for that um, I also in preparation from for Paris I did um, I did a 20 mile run from so it's from Ipswich to Felixstowe and back now, I've never done that before and I did that on a whim as well that was um, I, can tell, I can tell you why you never done that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so again that was on a whim I think um, I think I'd mentioned it at work and I'd said oh, has anyone ever sort of run to Felixstowe and back and so, like someone one of the sports teachers went yeah no I'd done it he said I'd done it a long while ago I said I wouldn't do it again 
I went, why not? He said, well, that's, that's, that's a long way. Yeah, I hate driving <laughs> to it. <laughs> I, went, I went, well, how far is it? He said, oh, it's about 20 miles there and back again. I went, okay. And 20 I, miles? To, is, so so from Ipswich, so yeah. from where I live, to Felixstowe Seafront. Like it's more King, than 20 miles, isn't it? No, so that's 10. Oh, right. And then running okay. back is 20. Okay. So from where I'm on the outskirts of Ipswich, oh, okay. so running from there to the Felixstowe waterfront was 10 miles. Yeah. And then I just turn around and come back. Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, so so that was what I did. I did that, and then that sort of led into Paris. Um, and then, like I so said, I did. I you know I planned to do a half marathon every, every month. Um, and yeah, uh, that was kind of how I I coped that year. And I just I was pushing my body, but I think um, mentally, um, I, I was I was still really struggling. Mm. Um, and. It put me in a place where I mean I spoke about it on the on the video in Manor, but I um, whereas sort of 2012 I was I was you know I'd I'd fixate I was fixated on death and I'd seen in my head that I wanted to go to the place and just end it and do it in that manner. Whereas where I was here was I I just wanted to push myself to a point where I just I'd break myself I'd find my 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 limit. And I noticed you said in the Man Up video, which I found was interesting, you were pushing yourself so much to the point it was hurting, and you thought that in your, that was some sort of self harm yeah. technique. Because, and it was. Yeah. I, I look back now, and it is a hundred percent as a it's a hundred percent a form of self harm what I was yeah. doing that year. Yeah. Um, and I was I was I was pushing myself so much in the gym um, and just on regular runs until I started to feel that ache and that burn and and like muscle fatigue and. That that felt like I'd I don't know that's like that sense of achievement and yeah. like yes like yes yeah. I've done that and I feel good now mm. um, and it was it you know I was I, that was the form of self harm like escape of reality whereas some people yeah. pick up well I picked up drinking drugs you yeah. just took you put your running shoes on and ran to, yeah. yeah and I wanted to, essentially I just wanted to run myself into the ground that yeah. that was that was what I, I was trying because to achieve like, I know firsthand as well from health anxiety that was my, what I suffered from from mm -hmm. a teenager it's exhausting isn't it yeah. it's so draining you're constantly thinking and one negative thought leads to another all the time and that and that is generally why I think you get so depressed and down and dumps about it because you just think oh, I can't I yeah. can't do this anymore I yeah. think um, I mean I, I touched on it before but like um, so by this point 2017 I think with regards to where I was at with St George's Hospital in London and all my tests um, the first year that I'd been with them was that, that, that was hard that was back and forth every couple of weeks for all manner of tests and then eventually I got to a point where they they just kind of wanted me back for like yearly checkups because they, they deemed that they hadn't found anything significant. Mm. Um, they'd found that I had a slightly enlarged heart and they'd found that my ECG readout, there's like one blip which is like slightly like lower than what a regular blip with mm. it should be, but like that could be just totally normal with me. So as far as they was concerned, there was nothing that would indicate anything, but as there is with anything that happened like with my dad and yeah. with footballers and you know, yeah, things yeah. that happen in the public now, they don't really know what happened in the first place. No. So they will never ever like just discharge me from there. Yeah. I'll always be under their watchful eye. And they just said from that point, I'd go back for a yearly checkup and check in like, I'd have like an MRI or I'd have like a couple of stress tests and mm. then I'd go see the doctor and then that'd be it like yearly. So this is where I was at in 2017 with that. Yeah, but. I remember I was like can just, I just ask quickly do you still struggle with health anxiety or have you got tools that deal with it now no so well this is kind of what I want to touch on actually so um, so early on when I was going to the doctors he uh, they kind of give me a rough guideline around sort of sudden arrhythmia and this kind of sudden cardiac arrest that occur yeah. and they, I remember I just remember him saying there was like an age range between um, when it's most common, and I remember that a lot of the cap off point was like forty, mm. and I remember at the time, I, I, and even to this day, really, I still kind of think like that. But they they capped it off at forty, and so in my head, my head just went right. I've got to make it to forty. Get to forty. Get to forty. Yeah. yeah, and I that fixated on that, yeah. and that led to some you know some awkward conversations, some um, some kind of moments with friends, and you know. 
colleagues and whatnot where they'd people would sort of ask you know how, how old do you want to live till mm. and they'd go round and get to me because yeah, that question got asked you at a yeah so I was, I was actually when I was at uni so yeah. they we had like a, a bit of a, a break in between and people just started we were talking about family history and whatnot and how long people live till and all this sort of stuff come up and going around the room and people were giving the regular oh, 80s you know 90 you mm-hmm. know want to live you know old and then it got to me and I said well I'll live till I'm 40 mm-hmm. and that sort of everyone there was a few sniggers a few laughs and they all just thought I was taking the piss mm. and then very quickly they realised I had a straight face I wasn't joking and I was being genuine yeah. so I had to kind of give them a rough guy yeah, as to right, why, yeah. why I felt like that but um, it's not just a nutter yeah, yeah. but um, welcome back um, so this is the final part of this coming to an end now you were just talking about I was telling um, my class at uni about um, wanting to live to the age of 40 and they all kind of laughed at me um, but I was very much serious and that was kind of even even where I'm at now I'm only 32 now um, but I do I, I do still drift to that point of thinking well I've got I've got 8 years and that's quite <laughs> a lot of people see that as quite dark and quite but I, I don't I kind of see that as quite a good thing yeah um, I think yeah, it keeps me motivated yeah. it keeps me my routine going do you know what I mean that keeps me thinking what do I want to do over these 8 years and there's loads of things I want to do yeah. so it's good yeah. it, it keeps me in a good place um, but yeah no. So that, that was kind of where I was at 2017 um, all sorts going on um, did the marathon um, half marathon every every month um, I was working hard at work and keeping busy doing lots of different things and then I got to a moment at work where um, a colleague of mine we were talking about the Three Peaks Challenge so yeah. the National Three Peaks you've got Ben Nevis up in Scotland Scarfell in England and then uh, Snowdon in Wales so um, the, the challenge is you do all three in 24 hours so you'd travel you can start anywhere you want but the, most people start at Ben Nevis and work their way down to Scarfell and then Snowdon right. and you do it in 24 hours and um, you know it's seen as a hard challenge and a tough challenge most people do it as a team so mm. my my colleague was telling me about it at work and um, he said uh, he said oh yeah no we went with the team and you know we shared the driving and you know we load the van up with all sorts of you know treats and snacks and energy drinks and stuff like that and I I just went, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, well, you went as a team? And he went, he went, yeah. Oh, why don't you do it on your own? And he just, he looked at me and went, oh, you'd be mental to do it on your own. <laughs> he said, there's no way you could do that on your own. He said, all that traveling. He said, you're going to be tired from doing the, you know, getting up the mountain. And they would um, have had each other to encourage each other yeah. up with the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, that was, you know, that, mm. that was, that was, <laughs> and he, the, the manner he said it was very matter of fact, and that's just how it is. Mm. And I just sat there and I went, no, that's, that's, I'm going to fucking do that on my own. I just I got fixated <laughs> on it, and then it was literally, I think two days later. Did you meet people while you were doing it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you formed your own team half up a mountain? <laughs> no, no. Just I, didn't, I didn't really talk to be no. honest. With you. No, it'd just be a little nod, and yeah, I was yeah. I was literally two days later, loaded up my car, and um, didn't really tell anyone. No, just off Done I went. It. So I drove all up Ben Nevis. Um, load my car up with a load of you know energy drinks and um, fruit bars and um, big pot of coffee and yeah and I, you know like I said I was in good physical condition so well, you'd have to be to I'd, um, you know I, I huffed it up there pretty well pretty fucking quick to be fair um, especially when I got down to Snowden um, I really I got Snowden down really quick mm. um, but uh, I was in. I was in. A, I was in a bad way. Mm. Like I said on the <clears throat> on the man up video, I, I I went away with not much intention of coming back. Yeah. I saw that as um, I don't know. I saw it as like a, a way of going out because mm. I thought it's a challenge. It's something people see as quite a thing, and I thought, well, if I'm gonna go out, and you know, this whole year was about pushing myself mm. and trying to find a breaking point and going past that point and. <clears throat> I thought well here we go this is the one mm. 24 hours like 
I'm gonna be driving myself. I'm gonna be. When when you say that you didn't have much thing coming back, did you think the challenge itself was gonna? Yeah, I thought I was gonna go. Yeah, I thought I was so reckless. Yeah, that was a that's a big thing because I'll, I'll come back to that at a, um, a later date. Actually, yeah. something I did last year, which would have been very reckless, but I think my a very good friend of mine picked up on it mm. and ended up coming with me. Mm. Um, and I don't think he. Yeah, I think he probably does, but he, I don't think he fully realises he probably saved me when he right. came with me that day. But yeah, so this this one in 2017 when I went off on my own, <clears throat> I didn't really want to come. Well, I did want to come back, but I I don't know. I was in a bad place. Yeah, I, 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 do, do you know what? I I get it. Mm. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I, I know exactly how you... How you, you with, with with the same with me, like, I know exactly what you mean by that. I, uh, when you say I don't know, I do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, but I I was in a bad way, and I and I used to use um, suicide as an anchor. I used to always think to myself, if things get much worse than this, I've always got that. Do you know what I mean? And I I I didn't particularly want to live, but I didn't want to die either. So I was yeah. just felt stuck and trapped. So when you say what you just said yeah. like people who are listening to this might not understand you but I definitely yeah. do yeah. Um, and it's like so I got to Ben Nevis and um, I sat in my car and um, a little car park you can't see the top of Ben Nevis but you can see a lot of it from where you from where the main car park is so I sat in my car and looked up I'll go up that way and I'm sort of plotting my route and what way I was going to go and um, I sat there in my car and I had a notepad in my glove box and it was a pen and I just thought I don't know what it was because I hadn't pre-planned to do that but just in that moment I thought oh I better just write something and then as I started writing probably got a few lines in I thought oh fuck like this is mm. <laughs> basically I'm writing I, I was I was writing my suicide note mm. I was just I was um, you know I was explaining where I was at and how I was feeling and um you know, to my mum essentially, but it was to family and, and friends as well. Um, and just explain where I was at and um, why I was doing what I was doing. Um, and yeah, then just left it in my glove box, fold it up, put it in my glove box. Mm. And off I went. Hoofed it up to Ben Nevis, got all the way to the top, hoofed it back down, got my car, uh, quick change of clothes. Started drinking stuff and off I went down to Scarfell. Got to Scarfell, same thing, looked up the mountain. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Off I went up, up Scarfell. And to this point, the only one I'd actually done previously was Snowden. So Ben Nevis and Scarfell, I was winging it. I was mm. literally I was pulling up where the main car park was and just thought, right, that looks like where a few people have gone. Right, I'll go up that way. And I was. I was very reckless, and I, I, I won't deny that. I was there was a, a bunch of times um, where I was going off the track just because I thought I could see a more direct route to what other people was going, yeah, and I wanted to get up there in good time. Yeah. So I'd go off and I'd be scrambling up rocks and and all sorts. Um, but I did Ben Nevis, Scarfell, got him done in good time. Then off I went to Snowden, pulled up at Snowden, and then I kind of got reminded about the note that was sat in my glove box, and um, I got it out and I read it again, and then I fold it up and put it back in there. I thought, oh, this is the last one now. So I, I, had, I paused for a minute, I thought, what am I, like, am I, is this it now? Is, mm. that, is this the last one kind of thing? So off I went, I went off, I think I went on the pig track at that, that time. There's a point on the pig track where you um, you get to like a fence and um, you can actually cross that fence and you go up. Um, that's like a, a joining mountain called Cribgok, mm. um, but that is like a free climbing essentially. Um, whereas you can follow the pig track around. That's a direct road goes all the way to the top. But Cribgok was like like essentially proper climbing, climbing and scrambling rocks and whatnot. And um, there's no clear pathway up it. I got to this fence and I looked at it and um, I saw there was like two young lads they sort of hopped the fence and I said to them I said oh where are you guys going and they went oh we're going up that way and I just looked I went can I come with you and they went yep and so off we went mm. um, but I ended up then leading essentially but yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like they, they they were there but I was just a man on a mission and yeah. I got up to the top of Crib Gog and left them behind me that there's a part of Crib Gog where you're traversing across 
um, you've I don't know that's like that's less than that's probably half a meter where you're scrambling across um, one side you've got a sheer drop um, and then the other side that's more of a slope drop but you, you're done if you go down that um, and I, I, I remember I got to that point and I sort of stood there and I, I just looked around the fog was drawing in so it was getting quite dangerous visibility wasn't great and um, I don't know I sounds just, pretty fucking dangerous yeah it, was, yeah it was it was it was dangerous but I stood there and I just kind of looked around was aware of my surroundings and whatnot, and then I just cracked on and I went like I said, fog came in. That's dangerous when you're up the mountain when there's um, when fog comes in because you, you, your distance perception isn't great. Um, but I got to the top of Krug Gok. There's like a, um, a pillar at the top of that, right? And then from that point, there's a track that takes you all to the top of Snowdon. So mm. I did got the way to the top of there and done it in. I can't even remember my time, but like, well, I'm under 24 hours. Um, so I've done it. Do you, do you think you smashed it so much because you just? didn't care I didn't you, care you were in that frame of yeah, mind. yeah I did not I did not care and like I say I was incredibly reckless mm. um, and I totally would not recommend anyone go and do that um, well, all right. on their own <laughs> <laughs> but certainly on their own I'd recommend everyone goes and gives at least one of them a go because I think as a team activity it's amazing or go as a couple or go with a few mates or whatnot that's perfect mm. um, perhaps that could be one of our group challenges maybe, yeah. maybe. Snowden's a good one but on a better t- what would you feel like going back there now would that bring Snowden. back Oldham well so, any of them like- um, so from that one I went and done actually went and done the National Three Peaks last year so oh, I oh. went with um, a group of mates from work, um, and my mate Stokesy, he's, um, he did it in memory of his mum for pancreatic cancer. Right. So we, we didn't do it in 24 hours because, well, Stokesy's a bit of an old boy, but yeah. he did. <laughs> bless him, yeah. we did it over like three days, and we made like a tour out of it. So we'd, we'd start How was that for you, going back? Good. Did you have any like? Oh, no, Do you remember I, the first yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, and I told all of them. Yeah. About about the story. Yeah. Um, but I was in a good place with these boys. That they, they, you know, real, we're a real close knit group, and yeah. um, I'm in a good place when I'm with them. I want to do one of them with you. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually right. going to do Snowden next week. Oh again. shit! <laughs> no, no. I've, I've, done, I've done yeah, yeah. I've done Snowden like yeah. five six times. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Me and you. We'll, we'll we'll climb one of them Let's do that together. Yeah, all right. I promise you that. I promise. <laughs> all you right. That. Yeah, it's yeah. a deal. Um, so yeah, so I've done Snowden, got back down to my car, and then just went home. Yeah. And it was as as plain and simple as that. I didn't really. No one really knew what I was doing. What did you do with that note? I kept it. So yeah. I kept it for. I want to say two, three years. And I just yeah I kept I kept it folded up I didn't stay in my glove box I think I put it in my drawer at home in my bedroom mm. um, but I kept it um, and then I just got rid of it one day yeah, when I was in a better place I, I haven't ever said this on the, but I, people in my recovery know but there was one time because when I was actively drinking and using uh, there was a stage where I was doing it every single day and I I'll go into that another time, but I I woke up one morning. There was a note with all blood on it, and I was reading it. I was very confused because I I used to be scared to fall asleep, so I'd keep myself awake and had sleep deprivation and that. Yeah. I read this note and I thought I need to find this person. They need help, and it took me a couple of days to realise that I was the one that read it. <laughs> <Fuck> it. <laughs> That's how dark it was at oh, the time, man. and I kept that for a while as yeah. well. Yeah. I thought I need to get rid of it. Yeah, I did. I, I kept it for a few years, mm. and um, yeah, just at the time. So I got myself home and. Um, I went to work the next day. Yeah. Like nothing happened. Like it was nothing. And yeah. um you must have ate. <laughs> yeah, I did and I, I didn't I remember at the time I didn't post anything up what I was doing on my Instagram and I didn't really tell a lot of people but I, over the coming weeks I just started drip feeding it out mm. and um and letting people know. Um one thing I just remembered actually from that year, what what are we doing with time? You're all right, go for it. Um one thing I do remember from that from that year is I um I started to suffer from insomnia. Mm. Um, and I, I really really struggled with my sleep and I think um, I don't know whether well it must have been it was tied in with everything you know the way I was feeling yeah. everything that was going on but um, that was that was hard because I that, I think that all tied in with me wanting to break myself and push myself and um, yeah like trying to do things on very little sleep and 
Um, I'd go to the gym in the early hours because I wasn't able to sleep, thinking that that would sleep deprivation really messes with you, and it, enhan it enhances your mental health problems. Yeah, it like massively it yeah. exaggerates and that, everything. That like was sleep. yeah, that massive. That was the one thing that I hated about that year was mm. my sleep, and I could not. It took me a year just to get that under control. Yeah. To be fair, meditation's very good for that. I yeah. find very very good. Yeah. Like sometimes I find it very hard to slow slow yeah. your brain down like and sometimes i have to give up and accept the meditation isn't working but yeah i do find if you with anything you practice something a certain amount of times and you get better at it and that's the same with my meditation and i always yeah. put on even if it's a 10 minute guided meditation in mm -hmm. the ear on youtube before i go to sleep i find that helps a yeah. lot and there's uh, certain teas like camembert yeah. not camembert some cheese i have a bit of cheese before <laughs> that, <but laughs> not these days <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i get you i get yeah. you but um but yeah no it's always struggled with that and that that took me a while to get my head around that one but i think that tended that got better once kind of this exercise and pushing myself started to peter out and yeah. um yeah once i got that more under control don't get me right i never stopped i was always still training but yeah. the, the, the kind of um the drive and what i was you know i was pushing myself to that died off yeah. and i got i was I, I got myself into a better place don't get me wrong that took me a long while to get over what happened with you know sort of end of 2016 and the yeah. relationship breakup but yeah, where I'm at now. I mean, it took that did take me a while, but I'm I'm in a much better place yeah, now. Yeah, and I know you'll be place. all right as well because the same thing as what well, in recovery, the same goes for for mental health. In recovery, the twelfth step is to talk to other um, addicts and that and and help them through it, so you don't keep it. You you share it, share what you've learned, and mm -hmm. and that's what we're doing with Dare to Talk. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk to people with mental health problems talk to people that are suffering and help mm -hmm. them out and 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 that is the key i think to yeah. getting better yourself is helping other people in the same yeah. who have been in the situation that you've been in as well so i've got no doubt that you're going to be absolutely fine my brother. Yeah. Yeah. but we are coming to the end now i want to thank you for coming back on and sharing your part two and that and your part two inspired me your part one and two has inspired me so much that is why i've asked you to be part of the team and i look forward to because you're just as passionate as what I am about, yeah. about mental health and, yeah, and, and, and helping others. And yeah. um, I look forward to the things we've got planned for the future because it's yeah. exciting stuff coming up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there is, mate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, we've got a good year ahead, I think. Yes, we have. Jackie boy, thank you very much for no your problem. part two. That is brilliant.